It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ every weekday morning from our studio on the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit ellerslie.com. Well, again, this week we're walking through Eric's message and kind of diving deeper into this idea of when a pastor, or maybe more specifically, when a Christian lives a double life. It's interesting, when you look at this idea of what God is calling us to, he is calling us to a place of holiness, a place of consecration, a life that is separate and other and distinct than the world around us, which is actually what that word consecration even means. It's this idea of with separation. God says he is holy and he is calling us to be holy, to come out from the culture around us and to be holy as he is holy. That we are not just to look like the world around us, we are to actually be very different and actually identifiable in the world today because we do not look like the culture around us. Uh, Several years ago, I uh, was kind of (laughs) confronted in a fresh way with this idea of consecration and holiness. Uh, I had stumbled across this uh, article about this group called the Holy Club of Oxford. Or, and it's interesting, is this group of Christians, and it, in fact, some people you probably know, like uh, George Whitfield, Charles, and John Wesley, and, and some similar names, they gathered together in Oxford when they were going to school, and they, they said, okay, how do we pursue Jesus Christ? How do we fully allow and, and surrender our lives to him? And so they formed what they called the Holy Club of Oxford Questions. And it was questions that they would ask themselves every single day to allow the Holy Spirit to search and to try their hearts and just see if there was any wicked way within them. It's interesting as years ago, as I was looking through that list, I was so deeply stirred and I was so moved by this reality of, Lord, would you search and try my heart and see if there's any wicked way within me? And if you'd like to look at that list of uh, of questions. I have, a, I have like a downloadable sheet you're welcome to, to, to take. Um, there'll be some information in the show notes of this podcast if you're listening that way or right below this video. If you're watching on YouTube or on our website, you can see a link there where you can download a list of these questions that this group of indiv- individuals went through every single day. But it was interesting, about a decade or so ago, uh, I came across these six questions to ask ourselves in our private life. And I think they actually came from Eric, <laughs> probably years and years and years ago. And I've kind of taken them for myself. And they're questions that I consistently reflect and ponder upon rather frequently. And the reason I love these questions is because, well, there, there's only six of them instead of, I think there's like 25 or 30 in the Oxford Club questions. But these are just questions that I feel like God, at least in my life, consistently brings before me and says, okay, Nathan, let's, let's do a fresh examination of your life and just see where you're at. And it's amazing that every time I go through these questions, it's like I have to fully throw myself upon the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ afresh. I find myself at the foot of the cross saying, Jesus, would you change my life? Would you just search and try my heart afresh? Would you change me to make me more like you And so I just thought it'd be fun, as we're talking about this idea of duplicity and hypocrisy and the fact that that should not be in our life, well, let me just give you these six questions, maybe for the Spirit to poke at you to see if there's any duplicity or hypocrisy in your life. So here we go. Six questions to ask about our inner lives. Number one, is there anything in my private life 
that I would hesitate to make known for the shame it would bring my name. In other words, could you imagine if uh, there's this big crowd and, and we brought you up and said, all right, uh, we're going to actually have you share everything from the last 24 hours, the last 72 hours, or whatever number you want to pick. Uh, and we want you to talk about everything you've done, uh, everything you looked at, everything you've said. But even more than that, even your thought life, uh, we want to talk about your motives and your attitudes, those times where maybe nobody saw it, but you rolled your eyes. If you, if you were to really expose your life from the last 24, 72 hours, the last week, whatever you want to say, would you feel shame? Would you be embarrassed to actually share that publicly? It's this idea that, hey, if someone actually knew your attitude, yeah, you may have had a smile on your face. Yeah, you may have shown it really well. But if they were to really see the inward life, would you be embarrassed by that? Because you realize if there is something that you would be shameful over, well, that's an area that God needs to deal with. God needs to deal spiritually with that area of your life, whether it's your attitude or your thought process or the tone of your voice or the motives for why you're doing something, let alone your actions or your words. Well, that kind of comes into the second question, which is very similar, but it's a slight tweak on the question. And the question is, is there anything in your private life that you would hesitate to make known for the shame it would bring his name? In other words, maybe you wouldn't be embarrassed. Maybe, maybe you've become so callous over certain thought processes or attitudes or behaviors that you're like, ah, I don't care if anybody knows that. But if you were to share that publicly, would that actually shame God's name? Would that actually, would your, does your life give him glory and adoration and praise? And do, do people look at your life and go, wow, that, that is a great picture of Jesus. Or if you were to really expose some of that inner life stuff that most people don't get to see, would that actually bring shame to his name? And again, you realize if there's anything in your life that would shame his name, that needs to be dealt with. You need to come and repent. Come, find yourself at the foot of the cross and repent and say, God, there is, this, there is a huge problem in my life, whether it's a behavior or whether it's vocabulary or whether it's a motive of why you do things or it's your attitude or it's your thought process or your, your, your inner thoughts. Would you find yourself afresh at the feet of Jesus and let him change any and everything in your life that does not measure up to his perfect standard? Uh, question number three is, do you live your moments carelessly or circumspectly? It's interesting for so many of us, it's like it depends on what time of day or where we're at, depends on how we live. Uh, if I told you that you had to walk across a type tightrope about 100 feet in the air, how would you walk that tightrope <laughs> if you had to do it? I don't know about you, but I, I, would, I would be so careful about putting one foot in front of the other, you know, and I would make sure my balance was right before I, before I moved forward. Why? Because otherwise I'm going to fall to my death. That is living circumspectly. Rather than having this careless attitude of like, eh, whatever. Do you realize that as a Christian, we need to be sober-minded, as Paul would say. That we live our moments, we live our lives circumspect. We don't just live carelessly. We don't just live flippantly. We are Christians. So one good test for your soul is then the way that you live, especially in your private moments when nobody is watching, do you tend to be careless and just kind of like, ah, oh, whatever, I don't care? Or are you still sharp when nobody watches? Question number four is, and I love this question, do I speak 
or do I proclaim the gospel in private with my life, my actions, my purity? Uh, imagine, if you will, if somehow we had, and this is not possible, but for the sake of illustration, imagine we had a big television and, and somehow we could plug you into the television and everything you did, everything you said, everything you thought over the last 24 hours, the last 48 hours, we could somehow see on the television. How we would see that when no one was watching or no one was looking at your life, uh, what you thought about, uh, we, we noticed what your motives were when you did actions. We noticed what you watched on television and, and what you watched on, on, the, on the internet. And we looked at your phone calls and we looked at your text messages and, and just all that inner life stuff that is usually hidden from most people. If we had a whole crowd of individuals watching that television and they weren't believers yet, would they hear the gospel? Would they just be so dumbfounded by the reality of Jesus Christ that, that after watching your thought life, for the last 24 hours, the last week? Uh, could you imagine if they, if they washed all your motives and your attitudes over that period of time? Would they come away and say, wow, I, I have just heard the gospel of Jesus Christ and I have to become a Christian? You realize if, if they were to watch that and they would come away by saying, wow, <laughs> you call yourself a Christian? That's, that's not a good sign which means God would probably need to do some refinement and transformation in our lives. I love the story of David Livingston. He was a missionary doctor in, uh, in Africa back in, the, uh, back in the day. And there's all these reports coming out of interior Africa about David Livingston. And so this newspaper reporter, I think from, from New York, decided that he was going to go and, and visit and, and spend some time with David Livingston to see if these stories were true. And so he got on the boat and went over to Africa and then got on the train and went into interior Africa and then, you know, rode the donkey and then had the little canoe. And it finally, after all this time, he makes it to where David Livingston was at. Spent a couple of weeks with David Livingston and eventually made the trip back. And, and as he arrived back, obviously weeks had gone by. And uh, so all of his friends threw him a big party. And they were wanting to know, hey, were all the news stories correct about David Livingston? And it's interesting, he stood up and he says, look, everything we heard about David Livingston was true. I mean, this, the stories were not fab fabricated. I mean, this, these things were not exaggerated. These, hey, these stories were true. And then he made this interesting statement. He says, had I spent a moment longer with David Livingston, I, I would have been compelled to become a Christian. And yet he never spoke of it once. Now, I'm all for speaking the gospel and we need to declare our faith. However, isn't it interesting that how David Livingston was living, how the way that he treated the people around him, the way, the way, he, the way he talked, the way he, he acted, the, the way he just lived his life was such a declaration of the gospel that here is this news, secular newspaper reporter who left that time with him, just, he was overwhelmed by saying, hey, had I spent a moment longer with David Livingston, I would have had to become a Christian. Is that true in your life? Do your thoughts, do your attitudes, do your actions, do your words proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ so that when the world comes and spends time around you, do they leave just going, wow, I, I, I need to be a Christian. If I just spent any more time with that person, I would be compelled to be a Christian. If that's not true, would you allow the Spirit of God to search and try your heart? Would you allow him to say, okay, what is in your life that is prohibiting the gospel to be spoken? And, and I understand that, that people can't see your inner thoughts. I understand that they can't see your motives. I, I understand. I understand. 
But what if they could? Could every thought in your life proclaim Jesus Christ? Could every motive in your life not be a selfish motive, but be one for Jesus? See, what if everything in your life was just declaring and pushing the grandeur and glory of Jesus Christ? By the way, do you know what we call people who live like that? We call them Christians. <laughs> Don't you want to be one? Ah, See, that is the reality of, of the gospel. That is the reality of Christianity. That everything in our life is proclaiming Jesus. Everything in our life is, is proclaiming the gospel. Everything in our life is, is testifying, giving him the praise and the adoration and lifting him high. That he would be preeminent in all things, as Colossians says. Well, question number five is, does the world have anything to hold over you? Uh, it's interesting that they say in, in, in modern days that everything that we look on, look at on the website, or on the on the internet, everything we send on a text message, every phone call, you know, those kind of things are supposedly being recorded. Now, whether it's true or not, who knows? But presume it is. You imagine, you imagine, uh, imagine you standing up and saying, "Hey, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian." If the world was to look at your browsing history from the last month. If they were to look at your text messages, if they were to look at your phone calls, if they were to look at all that kind of stuff, would they have anything to hold over you? I, I understand that for a lot of us, there's, there's, there might be junk. And I love the reality of the gospel. 2 Corinthians 5.17. It's just a profound thing. doesn't matter what your past was. There, there's a line that can be drawn in the sand God can bring you over to this new reality and you can be a brand new creature or a brand new creation. The old is gone. Behold, the new has come. So I understand a lot of us have junk in our past. I understand a lot of us have looked at junk in times gone by. But you realize that should not be a part of your current reality. If you're looking at junk on on the internet, that needs to stop. Hey, if, if you're full of lust, if you're full of greed, if you're full of pride, if you're full of jealousy, if you're full of any of that kind of stuff, God needs to root that out of your heart and radically change your life. So here's the question then. Is there anything that the world could hold over you today? And could it be that God wants us to live in such a way that he wants to do such a transformation in our lives that there, we really are pure and spotless before him in love? Ephesians chapter 1. See, could it be that, that we, we shouldn't have this junk in our lives as believers, but rather our lives should declare him? Now, I know all these questions are starting to sound very similar, but that's the thrust. Is there anything in your life that should not belong? Is there anything in your life that just needs to be transformed by the power and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ? If so, repent. Find yourself at the foot of the cross. Don't keep just living in the junk of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Well, here's the last question. Is my private life with God different than my public life with God? So oftentimes, especially us in the church, you know, we we act a certain way on Sunday mornings and we know when to stand up and we know when to sit down and we know the songs and hey, we we just, we we go through the motions and hey, we, we got this thing figured out. But if you look at our lives on Friday night, well, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't reflect Jesus at all. Or maybe if I can say it another way, 
the same way that you worship on Sunday mornings down at your church? Is it the same way that you worship throughout the week privately at home? In other words, is there any hypocrisy in your life? Is there any duplicity in your life? Do, do you, are you a chameleon that when I'm around this group, I act a certain way? When I'm around this group, I act an entirely different way. Well, on Sundays, I act this way because I'm spiritual on Sundays. But on Fridays, I'm going to act like this. See, that's not the Christian life. See, the Christian life is one where you are constant. You are always the same. Now, yes, you're being transformed. And yes, he's renewing you. And yes, that is incredible. But you realize that we are not to be chameleons. How we are to have the same lifestyle, the same attitude, the same mindset, the same conversation and language. Hey, the same everything, no matter where we're at, no matter who we're with, whether we're by ourselves or whether someone's watching us. See, the same individual that, that you see on camera or you're listening to on the podcast here right now should be the exact same person if somehow you were to come over to my house and peer through the cur- curtains when no one's around. See, I am to be the exact same person because I'm a Christian. So what about you? Is there, is there any duplicity as we've been talking in this message and unpacking this week? Is there any hypocrisy in your life? Is, is the public way that you live the same way as you live privately? If someone wants to, to, to notice what books you read or the movies you watch or the, the conversations you have or the websites that you look at when no one's around, is that the same kind of stuff that you would do when people are, are surrounding you? See, God is wanting to do such a radical work in our lives. We are called to be holy. We are called to be consecrated with separation. We are not to look like the world around us. We are to look like Jesus Christ And as such, we should be easily identifiable in this world because we do not look like the world. Yes, we may be in the world or we're we're living in this place, but we're not of it. Or maybe, as as I prefer to say it, we we may be in the world, but the world is not to be in us. That culture, that lifestyle, that mindset. If you find anything in your life or if you've been noticing as we've been walking through these questions, anything that the Holy Spirit's been kind of putting his finger on, saying, uh, see that? Again, can I encourage you to go to the foot of the cross, to repent, and let Jesus Christ, through the empowerment, his grace, through his spirit, radically change your life. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder episodes are released every day, Monday through Friday, from our campus in Windsor, Colorado. And our weekly sermon is delivered live at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings with a delayed live stream available at noon Mountain Time. Go to ellerslie.com forward slash daily to get all the details. Note that our live in-person version of Daily Thunder is scheduled to resume on weekdays this coming June at the Ellerslie campus in conjunction with our discipleship training season. Thanks for listening.